Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew with another exciting episode for you. Later on, I'm going to talk about how we brewed up Hinata Dawncrown, Jeskai Commander, new one from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. This is a journey. I like taking you on the journey of how a deck goes from nothing but an idea to a full 99. Uh, That's going to be fun later on. But before we get to that, I always think it's important to start with a little bit of rapport building, you know, a little bit of banter, a little bit of chit chat before we get going. Because one of the things I've been thinking about, Kamigawa brings us a really interesting idea for the world of magic that time happens, advancements happen. Kamigawa is a very modern slash futuristic take on a magic plane. I think it's really interesting. So far, I'm I'm on board. The, if you're going to do multiverses, there should be all kinds of multiverses, right? But in Kamigawa specifically, that must mean that there are podcasts, right? Like, they're, it's basically everything's analog to us. They got like bikes and DJs and cool shrines, all kinds of neat stuff. I know it's all tied to magic, but there must be a, a podcast network and there must be pod people doing podcasts. So, and they, there must be a game. They must play games as well. We don't often, there's a goblin game, but like the idea of recreation in magic, it's hinted at there. There's illusions allusions to the recreation that the people of magic do celebrations plain wide celebration right like we've heard of these things but they must play games and someone somewhere must have invented a game that is almost like magic right like i mean if we're i'm getting close to the infinite monkeys behind infinite typewriters kind of deal where if you have enough universes in the multiverse one of them has got to have anything you can think of like so the game of magic and the game of commanders must exist on one of the multiverses maybe we haven't gotten there but i'm gonna assume kamigawa there's they play magic on kamigawa they don't have a kamigawa set they their sets are i'm gonna say that they're a little behind our development of the game you know the, <laughs> the draft sets aren't quite as efficient as they are now. They don't have the signpost uncommons. They're a little bit behind. Uh, Commander is a new, relatively new game for them. And the staples are still cheap. So if anything, I would go to Kamigawa and buy up all the Oracle of Moldias while it's a buck fifty and just sit on them. I mean, that's a poor use of time travel. I've always felt that like people's casual desires to use time travel are like a little bit a little bit you know small ball if you will you isn't it all of our duty to make big changes so maybe i should go to kamigawa and warn them about stuff that's happening jin gitaxis just tell them about jin gitaxius and the other praetors they're probably up to no good i'm sure that's something cool's brewing there cool from a story point of view not so cool from a kamigawa point of view but somewhere out there in Kamigawa, someone sits at a desk recording a podcast about magic cards, about the game of Commander, and maybe they're wondering what it's like on other multiverses. Maybe maybe they're wondering if there's someone similar to them doing this thing, and maybe they put it out there and the person listening to it 
also has an analog that is very similar to what you're doing right now, listening. Perhaps it's doing their laundry or a, a ghost serving a ghost some some noodles or something. <laughs> What's that that chef, that dockside chef serving all those ghosts? I don't know. Interesting to think about. And, you know, that podcast host, wherever they are on Kamigawa, they're thanking their listeners as well. They're saying, hey, thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. They're saying, if you want to <laughs> support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash commandersbrew on Kamigawa. They must have the internet as well. So that's could be the same thing. Maybe they'll, say, use their TZG player link uh, to buy their cards through it. And if you are a Kamigawa Canadian listener, we have the best deal for you. Actual magic off your actual money off your magic singles from the Wizard Tower. Let's hear an ad from them now. We're proud Canadian podcasters, and we're proud to be sponsored by one of Canada's premier card stores, the Wizards Tower, wizardtower.com. Our Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code BRUNEO to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free as long as you've ordered $20 or more in singles. And you can check out our decklist for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. Remember raves? Look at the size of these pants. Okay, the deck. It's Hinata, Dawn Crowned, one blue, red, white, Flying Trample, Kieran Spirit. You got 4-4 power with Flying and Trample. I don't hate that. Spells you cast cost one less to cast for each target. Doesn't say target creature, doesn't say target land. So anything we cast that says target works. I do want to make the distinction, though, that it cares about putting things on the stack. So if a creature has an enter the battlefield ability or an artifact or enchantment for that matter that targets, that happens after the costs have been paid. So Hanata doesn't give a discount for, I mean, something like like a creature that came down and, you know, the Flame Tongue Kavu is a great example. That, although targets, would, wouldn't work with Hanata. The other text on Hanata is that spells your opponents cast cost one more to cast for each target so that's kind of their own stuff if they're doing a lot of enchantment based things with auras that's going to really hurt them uh it's going to prevent them from targeting you with single targeted removal swords to plowshares now costs two a much more reasonable card for sure but i what i like about hinata and this is what was drawn to me this is what drew me to hinata is that it seems like, it's not built to just be stacks. It's not just tax, hate bears, that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, that's a way to go. Jeskai loves that kind of thing. It's in the identity for sure. But we, if you're, if you're just casting spells, casting creatures, turning them sideways, you know, comboing that way, trying to use your commander, that's fine. It's, Hinata won't bother you. It's just going to bother you if you really want to, like, mess with me or your own stuff. So... I like it because it's a Jeskai deck that points you to a little bit of a control thing, but not full meanness. Or at least that's what I thought. Let me get down to it. So here's, here's as usual, I'm going to talk you through kind of the brewing process. Uh, I'm not going to teach you how to brew this deck. Nope, reverse that. I'm not going to give you a deck. I'm going to teach you how to deck. I will also provide a link as usual, you know, in the with the deck but you get the point 
So here's the brewing process for Hinata. So you look at it, you got a Jeskai Colors. It makes targets less. What has the most targets? X spells, baby. Obviously, Comet Storm is the number one that comes to mind. It's Red Red X with multi-kicker one, and that multi-kicker means picking additional targets. And Hinata negates that extra one that cancels out. So you can target unlimited targets with Comet Storm and pay Red Red X and do X damage to every single one of those targets. That's amazing. Heliod's Intervention, same deal. Only this time, white, white X, you're destroying unlimited artifacts and or enchantments for just white, white. It's way better than Vandal Blast for just white, white, as long as Hanat is there. Curse of the Swine, same deal. Blue, blue X, XL, X target creatures. Each of those becomes a 2 2 green boar token. Blue, blue, XL, the board. It's amazing. And Hanata costing four allows us to set up turns where maybe we're doing our ramp thing, we're doing our draw, whatever, holding up some counter spells, whatever. We get to cast Hanata with four mana. And as long as we have two mana left over, we can Helia's intervention the entire table right away to give our opponents less opportunity to interact with Hanada. And besides, if they want to, they have to pay one more anyway. It's a pretty neat commander, huh? So then you start looking for other spells that have a lot of targets that aren't necessarily X spells, and Sublime Epiphany comes to mind. It's that six mana instant that has 15 friggin' <laughs> options. Choose one or more. Counter target spell. Target activated or triggered ability. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Create a token copy of any creature you control. Target player draws a card. That's six instances. Nope, that's five. Five instances of target. But we can't possibly discount it more than four. It's It only costs four blue-blue. So this is blue-blue, the same as counterspell, and we can counter target spell, but also do four other things. The most supercharged counterspell that there is. Another card... In a different vein is Hate Mirage, three and a red for a sorcery. Choose up to two target creatures. There you go. So that brings the cost down to one and a red. For each of those creatures, they have to be ones you don't control. For each of those creatures, make a token copy. It has haste and you exile it at the beginning of the next end step. There is undoubtedly going to be situations where there are two very juicy targets for this and only costing two once Hanada's down. That's amazing. I also want to highlight Decoy Gambit, which came out in the Commander 2020 set. Two and a blue for an instant, but we're going to pick a target for each opponent, so it really becomes a single blue. Choose up to one target creature that player controls, return it to its owner's hand, unless the controller has you draw a card. Obviously, they're going to do what's best for them. That's not always ideal, but for a blue, I'll take it. It's either draw a few cards, bounce a few key pieces. It's not bad. And then one angle I thought of, I didn't go down this road, but the angle you can think of is like, well, what if, what if we get more Hinatas down? What if we get multiple Hinatas and get multiple discounts off each target? It doesn't work for a lot of the spells that target a couple things because those already kind of become almost free, just the colored mana, but it works well with the X spells. We have to consider it. And obviously Spark Double is a great way to start that off. Spark Double is the four mana. It's like the new clone, but it makes the creature not legendary, which then allows us to do other clones. We get to clone it with other versions, uh, regular spells, but it relies on getting Spark Double or something like uh, 
Oh, I just, I'm just thinking of this angle too. I didn't go this way, so I didn't have all the cards. Helm of the Host. Ooh, forget about that card. You don't talk about it quick enough. So yeah, Spark Double can make a second Hanada, not legendary. We also have Mirror Box now from the new set, which is like a way cheaper Mirror Gallery. Legend Rule doesn't apply to our permanents, so we get to have multiple Hanadas that way. Sakashima's Will is an interesting one once once we do have a non-legendary Hinata, because then we get to choose two. So again, this is this is two targets. Target opponent chooses a creature they control, you gain control of it. Then choose a creature you control. Each oh, that's not a target, so it only targets once. I'm just not choose versus target. Very interesting. You're catching me live. Notice this. Choose a creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of that creature till end of turn. This is still great. If I have a non-legendary Hinata, that's what it's here for. I can make many non-legendary Hinatas and just cast an X spell for a bajillion. It's almost like I haven't done the math on it because a lot of pieces have to come together. That's not what I was going for. But to cast a Comet Storm, every target discounts it by three. So in, you can do a bigger Comet Storm the more targets that exist. And if they're if there are fewer targets, you actually can't make it as big. Like you want more tokens and targets and things for that. I find that very interesting. Okay. And I'm talking to the wizard designers out there. All you designers, I'm t- the people who worked on the commander pre-cons or the, not the pre there used to be decks that were just built around one version of a planeswalker, but it was like a worse planeswalker. Um, I found these cards looking for spells that targeted more than one thing where the word target uh, target up to two. That's the phrase I looked for. And uh, magic designers, I think I caught you copying each other's work. Uh, Jace's ruse. It's a five mana sorcery return up to two target creatures to their owner's hand. You may search for a specific Jace in this case, Jace arcane strategist. So five mana blue sorcery, Return up to two creatures, search for a specific planeswalker. We also have Grasping Current, five mana sorcery, return two creatures, search for a specific planeswalker, Jason Genius Mind Mage. And we have Rhythmic Water Vortex, five mana sorcery, return two creatures, search for Mu Yanling. Designers, I expect more from you. This, uh, It's like you just threw this one together. You realized you had to put a commander deck together, or I keep calling them commander decks. You had to put the little planeswalker deck together, and you just kind of copy pasted some things changed the name around don't like it not i expect more from you that's all i'm gonna say now that you're on commander decks it's improved a lot but uh let's learn from this lesson i don't want to see a million of these or at least if you're going to make the same functional card copy good ones right okay i want to take a second and just talk about how there are so many varieties of spells that actually discount like once you start digging into it, you realize, geez, almost every type of spell targets something. So we basically get a one mana discount on almost anything we cast. Counter spells obviously work that way. Delay goes from one and a blue to a single blue. Counter at any spell, any target spell, and it gets exiled with three time counters. And again, I maybe I don't need to point this out, but a turn in commander can be a long time three turns you know once we're in the mid game it could be over in three turns and whatever you've got delayed certainly won't be as relevant as it was in the moment so a single blue for delay seems really good to me negate 
much simpler. One and a blue down to a single blue. Non-creature spells are often the stuff that we care about. So, you know, in crucial turns. So I'm happy to run a negate, especially for one. And although traditional counterspell doesn't get discounted, disallow one blue blue does go down to traditional counterspell mana and it has counter target spell, but we can also counter an activated ability or a triggered ability if we want. That's just upgraded counterspell. It's not quite a sublime epiphany, but I'll take it. One category of cards that sometimes targets and sometimes doesn't are draw spells. Sometimes cards say target player draws a card. And I mean, the line, the line you have to kind of draw here is like, it's pointless to run, I shouldn't say pointless, but I'm not excited to run way over-costed cards that become decently costed with Hanata once, you know, as long as we're, the discount is going, because we often have better things. But here's a card that, it's a pet card of mine. I love it. I just don't think, it's just, anyway, Hanata makes it good. Una's Grace. Two and a blue. Instant. Target player draws a card. That's going to be me. But it has retrace, so I can pitch a land to cast it from my graveyard. So one and a blue pitch unlimited lands to draw a card over and over and over. Seems good. Um, to unlimited is confusing. I, I think a better way to say it would be to have unlimited access to pay one and a blue to draw a card, as long as you're willing to pitch some lands. I think that's excellent. Two and a blue was a bit too pricey. Uh, Deep Analysis is another classic commander card. It's four mana up front for a sorcery to have target player draw two cards. So that becomes three for us. But the flashback is where it shines. One and a blue, pay three life. Target player draws two cards. So for us, it's just a blue and three life. Especially if we have ways to get it into our graveyard without actually casting the front side. This becomes really effective. And something like Drown in Dreams, it's an instant X draw spell. Two X blue. So you get to choose one, but if you control a commander, you choose you choose both, and they both target. So this will become a discount of two with if Hanata's out. Target player draws X cards. Me. Target player mills twice X cards. I'm gonna say me. And then it only costs blue X with Hanata, which is excellent. Now I just want to take a second and talk about some removal spells that have more than one target i mean almost all removal spells have at least one target uh most of them have just one the wraths don't but that's kind of a different category i'm not going to talk about but something like dawn to dusk two white white it's a sorcery that has two instances of the word target choose one or both return target enchantment from your graveyard to your hand that's recursion or destroy target enchantment i don't get to destroy two things but i get to get something back as well and it only cost me the white white to do it. And then Crush Contraband just gets excellent. It's three and a white for an instant, but we get to choose one or both. Exile target artifact, exile target enchantment. That ends up costing a single mana per object exiled. That's a great deal. Okay. I've talked about a lot of interesting cards, a lot of ways we can do some things, but the, the question in my mind, the thing we haven't answered is like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point of the deck? What's the game plan? I've talked about it like a dozen and a half cards already, and we don't have a solid plan. So I'm going to keep digging. This is where you keep digging. When you're at a brew, you're like, I'm brewing around the commander, so I'm not coming in with a game plan. So here's where we get really explory 
exploratative Dora the Explorer would be proud. There's a category of X spells that tap creatures. And I'm interested, right? There's enough of them that uh, I got to look at them. So Icy Blast to start off, blue X, tap X target creatures. With Hanada out, X is unlimited. X is free. So it's just a single blue for an instant to tap all of the creatures we want. And it has Ferocious. If you control a creature with power four or greater, they don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. That's Hanada. Hanada has four power. It's great. It's great. And then similar but different is Reality Spasm. It's blue, blue X. And this time we can tap X permanence or untap X target permanence. That includes lands. I got here thinking about creatures. I can still tap down the entire board of creatures for blue, blue. Well, and while I'm at it, I'll tap down all of your artifacts and all of your lands and all of everything else. This is a very powerful card under Hinata. I didn't want to brew a storm deck because it's already pointing us so heavy into spell slinger. Uh, that's not the goal I wanted to achieve. I wanted to find something different with Hinata. I feel it's there. Um, and but th- being able to untap X target lands for blue blue is mana profitable. So keep this in mind if you've got a Hinata storm deck you're working on. This one goes in for sure. And then, you know, perhaps the least interesting one, but still does the same effect, is Gridlock. Blue X, instant tap X, target non-land permanence. All the creatures are tapped. So I'm painting a picture where we're, we're getting very effective at tapping a bunch of creatures. So then I'm thinking to myself, what about Goad? Are there any Goad cards that target that we can get discounts on? As I said before, creatures don't work because they don't target on the stack. So once you eliminate those, and uh, Disrupt Decorum is obviously excellent, but it doesn't target anything. I mean, it's very good. But as far as targets go, it's just Besmirch. One red red sorcery until end of turn, gain control of target creature, and it gains haste, untap, and goad that creature. It's fine, but it's not excellent. So we could go an angle and just put in some creatures and extra spells to goad everyone, to force everyone to attack and use our icy blast to just tap down the whole board. I mean, you can't tap down the whole board if we want everyone to attack. You just got to kind of pick on one person at a time. I'm not happy with it, though. It's not I'm not I'm not taken by that idea. I don't want I want to keep exploring. So then, you know, threaten effects is that can we go there, too? Like maybe maybe we can back up the goad with it. Um, and the only one that seems reasonably costed, I don't want to, I don't want all those sorcery ones. Uh, active aggression though, seems like it might have a home in a Hanada deck just as a one-off kind of trick. Three Phyrexian red, Phyrexian red. So it's five mana value, but we get to pay four life and only pay three mana, but it targets a creature. So we only pay two mana. So for two mana instant gain control of a creature, untap it, haste until end of turn. That's an excellent way to blow out a combat, to take an attacker away and turn that very attacker into a blocker. That's why I love instant versions of these. Not a fan of the sorcery ones. I want to surprise people. That's my favorite use of these kind of threatened effects. So there we are. That's, I'm going to call that a dead end. I mean, we could, we could brew a ton of tokens, a ton of creatures, uh, and just swing in while their defenses are down. Maybe some kind of Voltron thing. It's not what I wanted to do though but I must point out that 
earlier, I said that Jeskai decks tend to get a little controly, a little stacksy. The the Jeskai wants to go in that direction, and I don't know if we can avoid a salty brew. Like it's it's looking really challenging to do so because once I was looking for these threaten effects, you got you know gain control of target creature. I mean, that leads us to mass manipulation. You can't deny that this card becomes incredible with Hanada. Four blue, XX, gain control of X target creatures and or planeswalkers. If you were doing the copy Hanata version where everything gets two cheaper or three cheaper per target, you can pay four blue and gain control of every creature and planeswalker in the game. That's super powerful even if you only want one hanata you can gain control of you're just paying x blue 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 x gain control of those things reducing xx down to x is a significant change it, you know eight things six things huge even something like blatant thievery for blue 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 gets reduced by three because for each opponent gain control of target permanent that player controls so four mana get something from everybody forever or just simply a control magic it's an enchantment aura but you control target creature for two and two blue which gets reduced to one blue blue i'm telling you hinata is like i thought we could maybe find something that wasn't so mean right like but it's really looking like this is kind of the direction they want you to go it crossed my mind maybe it crossed your mind too while while we were thinking about tapping the whole board down, right, the easiest way to make that run is extra turns, but that's so salty too. Like that that gets brought up at rule zero conversations. People are like, can we do no no extra turns, please? I've heard it. So even like a time warp, which is a $13 card, which is down a little bit. 13 is I mean, it's a powerful card, but it's not 13 bucks is in that weird gray zone where it's like, yeah, that's expensive, but it's like a maybe. Like, I'd consider springing 13 for this as a splurge. That's my splurge for the deck. Uh, but anyway, it becomes a four mana target player takes an extra turn after this one. Karn's Temporal Sundering ends up costing four as well because there's two targets. Target player takes a turn and return a target non-land permanent. You have to have a legendary out to cast it, but I'm assuming Hanada's out in all this anyway, so that's two four mana extra turn spells as long as Hinata is down salty right oh i'm still not i'm still not there i still don't think we have it at, at this point in the brew at this point in the exploration i mean i'm hoping you're enjoying the journey that we're going on here but what if if you're thinking spell slayer like i think have i talked about anything that wasn't a spell yet i don't think so so obviously you go spell slinger, maybe creatures that make a million tokens. Like I feel like we've done that before, and it's hard to get around. Like we've had Mizix of the Is Magnus that was kind of like one of the earlier, one of the earlier X spell commanders. Uh, two blue red goblin wizard two two, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you get an experience counter. Uh, the mana value has to be higher than the number of experience count experience counters you have. But instant and sorcery spells cost one less for each experience counter you have. You can get Mizzix's experience up real quick because, you know, if you haven't played one or seen one, every spell makes subsequent spells cheaper. So you can end up just paying one for every spell, but still accumulate 
experience counters because the mana value keeps going up. And then once you get an enormous like discount, you can cast huge X spells as well. Vadric Astral Archmage. We've done a few episodes on Vadric. Well, one for sure, and there might be one coming down the pipe in the future, but I'm going to save that till we're maybe near the end of Kamigawa. I'm not sure. But there is a commander where uh, Vadric's power gives you a discount based on that power. So you find ways to make Vadric's power bigger, and you're getting massive in massive discounts on instants and sorceries again. And Galazeth, Prismari, another is it discount instant sorcery commander. This time you get to tap all artifacts as if they were little mana rocks for instance and sorceries. It's tough to compete, right? Uh, those are all kind of spell slingers, but the obvious difference is that we have access to white with Hinata, and even though those are great X spell commanders, there's one X spell that I still think Hinata does better than all of them, and that's the key. This is the unlock, I think, to the fun version of the deck. This is what I've been looking for. Indomitable creativity. X, red, 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 sorcery. Destroy X target artifacts and or creatures. For each one destroyed this way, its controller reveals cards until they reveal a new artifact or enchantment. Put those right into play. The rest gets shuffled in. Hinata lets us target unlimited things for a red, red, red. I'm not saying you should target your opponent's things, but if they're like a big token deck or if they've got lots of little artifacts, there comes a point where you might consider maybe if I get rid of like 15 of your things, maybe you don't have 15 more things in the deck to turn them into. That might be a good deal for you. That's just a side note. What we're interested in is doing this ourselves. So now you know, if we put a few instances and sorceries that make tokens, uh, something like that, little trinkety artifacts, making some extra treasure with our little discard draw spells here or there, we can get a significant number of permanents down for red, red, red. And as I said, it's mostly a spell slinger deck. So we'll hit the things we want to hit. So now I'm interested in running big fat artifacts that tap for a bunch of mana when they land. I'll cast them early as I'm developing if they're in my hand, but I don't mind flipping into them with an indomitable creativity because then we get to keep the party rolling. Gilded Lotus. It's a five mana artifact that you get to tap to add three mana. So there's three on the board. Coveted Jewel is a six mana artifact that also taps for three, but you draw three cards when it enters the battlefield. There's a little bit of extra text here that whenever one or more creatures and opponents controls attacks you and isn't blocked, that player draws three cards and gains control of Coveted Jewel, and they untap it. So it puts a little bit of a target on your back for having the Coveted Jewel, because it's a very appealing, well, it's a coveted jewel. Nonetheless, on our Indomitable Creativity turn, I'm happy to land into this. Maybe my Gilded Lotus now. I've got six mana to play with. Thran Dynamo is a four mana artifact that taps for three colorless. I'd rather get mana that taps for a color, but I'll take I'll take the colorless where I can. If you got 20 bucks, this is something I don't think I want to splurge for, but Chromatic Orrery is the seven mana artifact that lets you spend mana as though or mana of any color that helps with Thran Dynamo or its own tapping for five mana. This is just the biggest thing you can flip into that pays you out the most. So I know why it's $20. It's very powerful. Uh, but if you have one, I think it belongs in this deck. I'm personally not going to spring for it. 
but I've painted the picture here. You're going to indomitable creativity. You're probably going to hit a few of these, but I haven't talked about creatures yet. And here's where we've got a lot of flexibility. What do we do? Do we just do the classic bigs? Some classic bigs? Sure, maybe. But I wanted to lean into the white part of Hinata's identity. I think that gives this deck a little bit more uniqueness. So once you start looking through what are the white creatures, I want to look ones with high power, ones that do some significant things. And I come up to Hoffrey Ghost Forge. Hoffrey Ghost Forge is a 4-5 for 5. Spirits you control get plus one, plus one, and have trample and haste. The haste is the key. We can go spirit tribal, just get some really big spirits, some really heavy hitting ones. They'll all get plus one, plus one, and have trample and haste. Also, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you get to exile it. You make a token copy, except it's a spirit. And then when that one dies, it you return it exiled from your graveyard. So we get we get to let if they somehow want to hit Hanata while this is going on, we get to let Hanata go to the graveyard, make a token copy of it. And when that leaves, Hanata will go back to the graveyard. And then since it's changing zones, we can just put it back in the command zone. Hoffrey's a fantastic 99 to keep your commander like alive and on the board. But so now we just got to find some huge spirits. What are some huge spirits we want to hit? Um, among others, I'm particularly I'm looking in in the white cards like Millicent Restless Revenant five white blue legendary spirit soldier this is the Crimson Vow commander you get a four four flying costs one less for each spirit you control but I mean we're planning on slamming into it the the you know the easy way as it were and whenever Millicent or another non-token spirit dies or deals combat damage to a player you make another one one white spirit creature token with flying great I'm going to hit with a bunch. Nobilis of War is a spirit. It costs five Boros hybrid. So five mana value for a three, four spirit avatar with flying, but attacking creatures you control get plus two plus oh. Hoffrey's giving everything one. Nobilis is giving all our attackers plus two. That's plus three just damage, plus three power on everybody. Pretty good. And then this is not a white spirit, but this is a red spirit. There aren't that many red spirits, but Malignus belongs for sure. Three red, red elemental spirits, star, star. And the power and toughness is equal to the half of the highest player's life total. The player with the highest life total, not the highest player's life total. That could mean something different depending on how casual your meta is. Damage that would be dealt by Malignus can't be prevented. I'm not sure how much that will be relevant, but anyway, we're looking at like a, I don't know, a 15-15 pumped up by Hoffrey and Nobilis of War. Uh, it's got Trample. It's got Haste. This is an excellent thing to land into. And one more quick spirit here that kind of takes us to a next little packet of cards, Returned Past Caller. It's a six mana spirit cleric, 4-2 with flying. It's red and white. When return past color enters the battlefield, return target spirit, instant, or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Maybe, you know, maybe we didn't hit what we wanted exactly. We hit a lot of our mana rocks, not a lot of our spirits. No problem. I'm going to use this to get back indomitable creativity. And with those mana rocks, I'm going to be able to keep things going. If I don't hit any mana rocks and I only hit spirits, that's fine too, because I'm going to have a super powerful attack. But just in case, couple more cards I want to talk about. Shreds of Sanity. Two shreds, you say. Two in a red for a sorcery. It targets two instant and or sorceries. Well, 
Okay, not and or. This one specifically, one instant and one sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Then you discard a card, then you exile shreds of sanity. But that ends up being a single red to get an instant and a sorcery back from our graveyard. And then the equivalent blue card pull from the deep is two blue blue. And it does the same thing, but it costs one more mana. So either one red or blue blue to do the thing. It's interesting. Um, Shreds of Sanity came from Eldritch Moon and we had to discard a card. Pull from the deep, we get to keep all of them. And it's from Journey to Nyx. So they made that effect a little bit cheaper and tacked on the discard later on in the development of the game. But anyway, those are great partway through while we're developing. So that's my version. A lot of spirits in the air. We're going to indomitable creativity and just do some awesome stuff. I've shown you a lot of options, a lot of ways to go. I mean, sneak in a couple of extra turn spells that'll make our little spirit army go through very nicely. Maybe you throw an extra combat spell. Those don't generally target, but you know, I didn't really explore those because I didn't want to go that route, but maybe it's worth it now. Hang on. Well, there is one. There is one extra turn spell not extra turn, extra combat spell that targets. So that's Seize the Day. Three and a red for a sorcery. Untapped target creature. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. And it flashbacks, flashes back for two and a red. This is good. What an interesting... So I think I'm going to make room for this for sure. It gets discounted by one, so it costs two and a red or one and a red to flashback. That's incredible. The drawback here is that you need vigilance to make it work, but there's quite a few creatures in white and red. I'm thinking of Iroas, and I'm thinking of that unicorn that has Lieutenant, gives everyone vigilance and no combat damage. Does Iroas give everyone vigilance? No, I don't think Iroas does. I'm off script right now, if you can't tell. Uh, no, Iroas doesn't give, it gives everyone menace. But you can see there are ways, since we're indomitable creativity ying. There are ways to make it work the way we want to. We get to just put in the choice pieces. Whew. I'm glad I'm glad we got there. Uh, as usual, I couldn't do this without the help of our Discord. Uh, everyone in the Discord helped me with all these ideas. Uh, if I've forgotten you, I apologize. Neomaxis, Groove Chicken, Jmon, Pips Don't Lie, Papa Dio, Nasrak 2, Chiefy, the Omadisman. They're real fun. I'm so grateful. But there's the deck. There you have it. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how you would want to brew Hinata. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Whew. This is a fun one. Challenging, though. But those ones are the most rewarding, aren't they? Until next time, keep being you.